0: Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
1: What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
2: Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio.
3: Hey, everybody, welcome to Mini Crush. It's a Wednesday for us. It's a Monday for you. Who's Maybe we should just meet at Tuesday. Meet in the middle. Isn't that what they say, Noel?
2: Totally. Isn't that... Wait, uh, Wait, no. Caught in the middle. That's the the ear song. The ear dance cut off gasoline song. No, not quite. Caught in the middle
3: with not you. Not quite, Noel.
2: What? You're close. No? What do you mean? Stuck
3: in the middle. Ah, crap. Here You're I right. am. Yeah caught Caught in in the middle middle. stuck Stuck. same thing stuck
2: stuck in it's yeah caught stuck clowns to lift me guys doing his best bob dylan that man bob dylan is the lazy vocal that launched a thousand lazy vocals i love it i'm not dissing it i love his vocal but like (laughs) tom petty is kind of a more accessible bob dylan voice you know what i mean well
3: i mean uh he's one of the only people who has a vocal style named after him which is dylan-esque
2: yes very Dylan-esque. Not very many it's, people yeah, have. Yeah, <laughs> do, do, do. But there's varying degrees of it. Like I said, Tom Tom Petty to me is the much more buttoned-up kind of like mm-hmm. version of that. And then you've got uh, who else is Dylan-esque? I don't know.
3: Dylan-esque is, Dylan, a, is a Brian obviously. Ferry album too, actually.
2: Oh, is it really?
3: It is. I did not know that.
2: I didn't either. I like Brian Ferry. That's interesting. I wonder if they're all. Dylan-esque songs.
3: I don't know. Pitchfork gave it a
2: 1.9. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Pitchfork. you, Pitchfork. Snobs. Uh, I know. They're the worst. Snobs. They've, they've become the worst, worst. They used to be a cool resource for me. Like, I definitely discovered a lot of new music. On I did, Pitchfork. too. I Back in the day. Occasionally. I but they've just kind of drank their own Kool Aid a little too much, and that's you know they I don't know I don't
3: you know what you know what rag I used to read Noel and get all, all my music from, do tell Magnet magazine,
2: Magnet real Magnet. real
3: music alternatives was the the subtitle uh, Magnet was great
2: yeah because they were a little indie but not like you know like highfalutin indie and they would still talk about like alternative and like more rock type acts.
3: Yeah, fauntly. like the the cover of Magnet would be like Dean Ween or Elliott Smith. You know, that's that's the sandbox they were playing in. But I learned about, exactly. geez, I learned about a lot of the bands that ended up being some of my favorite bands that I'd never heard of until I read Magnet. Like, uh, I mean, the, uh, the, the Black Keys, they, every year they do a, a top 10 albums that you should know that were like so small that no one knew about them. Yeah. and the black keys the big come up was on their list that their very was first their album was
2: that first i uh, was their first album huh
3: which wow. is great i mean it's their best if you ask cool. me but
2: i've never really gotten into that super garagey type stuff like i like the the songs that i like by the white stripes but i've never been like a full album guy but i maybe need to cuz they're a little all over the place then you have the songs like the white stripes Thigh- or the black keys the wh- the White Stripes, I, I just, I consider them sort of parking in the same garage, right? Well, I mean, don't tell that to, uh, they're, they're, they've they're been in a long I know that. Battle. They got a fight at their kid's kindergarten or some shit, right? Wasn't it like Yeah, I think there literally... was even
3: a Rivals episode about that one.
2: I think you're absolutely right. R.I.P. Rivals. R.I.P.
3: Uh, so, Noel, we are going to get going here uh, because I have a surprise for you. Oh, boy. And for the Crushers.
2: I love surprises. I
3: need you to navigate your way to the movie crush with Chuck Bryant Facebook page, not I the movie crushers.
2: I can do that, Chuck. I can do that. And so Here. I borrowed this
3: idea from uh crusher, Dave Duff. Dave posted over on the crushers page, like somebody should get Werner Herzog to do a live 24 hour narration of the ship stuck in the Suez Canal. That ship has now been freed. Uh, by the time this comes out, it will be freed by about two weeks, two and a half weeks. But uh, I thought, I asked Dave if I could borrow this, and I thought, here's what we'll do. We'll get the Crushers to add lines of narration and get you to read them as Werner Herzog.
1: Oh,
2: my God.
3: So do you see the post there? Yeah. Uh, Mini Crush borrowed from Crusher Dave Duff?
2: I'm navigating to it, Chuck. Uh,
3: And this is what I said. Let's say Werner Herzog narrated that stuck ship that was finally freed in the Suez Canal. Write one or two sentences of this narration, and we'll get Noel to read them on the next mini crush. And so
2: this is movie crush with Chuck Bryant.
3: I just can't wait to hear these because oh I'm okay, reading through them go. now.
2: <laughs> just, and this uh, is... You
3: you are to me, second only to Paul F. Tompkins and
2: bar. Oh my God. Thank you, Chuck borrowed from crusher, Dave Duff.
3: Yeah. Do you see that post? I do. All right. So let's go. Noel, you can pick and choose. Oh my you God, can do whatever you want.
2: <laughs> oh, I love this first one from Charles Martin Acker's. Is he the guy who was supposed to eat our shorts? Though isn't that him?
3: No, uh, uh, no? Charles Martin. I always say Acres. Maybe it's Acres. Uh, he's he's a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He's not eating more shorts. E-
2: even the shorts eaters were fine. Fine. People. No, they're great. Let me let me see how I can do this. Okay. <clears throat> the overwrought monolith trudged into the narrow gap, burdened by cargo. The ship found its way aground. The vessel and its crew cemented in time and space eternally good stuff Mm. there's more but i I like i like i like ending it on that the next line is almost anticlimactic okay let's see uh i like this one These are all great. Yeah, these are oh my goodness. Oh, this is this is a reference to uh this is a reference to Fitzcarraldo. Okay. The great Werner Herzog film with Klaus Kinski where he uh pulls a steamship over a mountain uh in the effort to I think he's like is that the one about the opera house? I think it is. Uh, anyways, let's see. <clears throat> From Steve Scott. Here we go. Every man should pull a boat over a mountain, <laughs> then into the Suez Canal. Have it get stuck stuck <laughs> uh. Have it get stuck, and then pull it triumphantly out again, once in his life. The universe is monstrously indifferent to the presence of tugboats. Here,
3: read, uh, read Debbie Frankadakis.
2: All right, Frankadak. Here we go. Uh, where you at, Frankadakis? It's all right. Got <clears throat> it. <of, throat> you, <throat> you, <throat> you got it. It has embedded itself into the artery of the economy. The boat is the result of our greed and fat hamburgers. I wonder if the boat knows what it has done. Does the boat dream? <laughs> <laughs> Does the boat dream? That's perfect.
3: <laughs> Boy, people can really write in the voice of these Werner Herzog. Are so good. It's I'm very you, impressive. I'm not,
2: I'm not going to lie, Chuck. I I, I I don't have indispensable Herzog impressions in me. I will eventually start to sound like somebody else. I'm going to do three or four more of these. Let's see. You got any tops
3: here? I'll uh, I'll, I'll try one. Okay, great. We'll, we'll trade off. I don't do a yes. great Werner Herzog, but no, sure. here goes uh, Zach Lowe's. You may have freed it from the clutches of the canal, but your minds, I don't know, that was Christoph Waltz all of a sudden, they'll never be free. I can't, I'm doing Christoph Waltz now. I, I don't it's know hard. if I can do it.
2: It's hard. It's going. hard. No, no. I mean, it, let, me, let me give it a go. Now, where are you at? Uh, Zach Lowe? No. not yes. read any yeah, yeah. of them. I'm going to start you, reading them as you, Christoph Waltz. You, 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 you finished it. <laughs> You finished it. I love it. Okay, here we're going to do. Oh, here we go. I like this one. <clears throat> Carrie V. McQuaid. I love a McQuaid. Uh, as the shifting tides of capitalism become distorted through a lens of want and depleted resources, the viewer of this bereft colossus is left with an insight into the fragility of our existence.
3: <laughs> All right. I'm going to read one as Christoph Waltz. Uh let me see here. <laughs> now I'm getting uh stage right. <laughs> Alright, this is from Bear uh Baird William Swedman. Christoph Waltz. Steering massive cargo ships is a complicated <laughs> profession. <laughs>
2: You're very good at that, Chuck. I I I would argue your Christoph might even be better than my Werner. But boy, that yeah, that's he's got this puckish kind of thing, and you nail it. All right, I can do a couple more. Let's do this one from. These are long. uh, From Culver Matthew. The perseverance of the ancient culture that built the great pyramids of Giza was come to life again as these grandchildren of the pharaohs heaved the monolith free of its resting place like so many tons of sandstone. The gateway between the Red and Mediterranean seas and between the people of the Near East and the West was once thrust open.
3: Who was that?
2: That was uh, Culver Matthew, maybe. Oh, man. For the win. I think we we can stop there. All All right. right. Let's do one more. Let's do one one more. This This is the last one. These are so good. This is from Josh Brennan. Immovable uncertainty, a fixture of the muddy, narrow abyss of Suez, feelings of embarrassment and anguish as I look upon my waiting brethren anchored in place due to my despair.
3: Uh I'll read one more as Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> <laughs> this is for the stuff you should know, listeners. Uh Zach Pointers is pretty short and sweet. Hey man, that ship is stuck worse than a log and a constipated sumo wrestler. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. See. Whoever, oh, did someone write that for you to do in Sammy Davis Jr.? No, saw no. That I it was it like,
3: just seemed like something Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> might say.
2: Yeah, it does. It doesn't seem like something that Werner would say at all. Uh, that's why I was confused about. I saw that one and I gave it a pass. But I'm glad I liked it. I just didn't think it was on brand. Well done. All right,
3: I'm going to do one more as Christoph Waltz. All right. Great. I'm getting into it now. Brendan Reese says this: digging and dredging is a complicated profession. Don't you agree? <laughs>
2: I do agree. I do agree.
3: All right. I think we've beaten that horse.
2: Don't you I think? think? We have. I think <laughs> we've beaten it to life, in fact, not to death at all.
0: If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet, and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash
1: You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites, or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
0: This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire or kids laughing on an adventure to start planning your trip, visit Tnvacation.com, Tennessee sounds perfect.
3: All right, Noel, we have one more thing here. Ask the uh, crusher community. A very simple question that I've never asked before. Indiana Jones or Han or Han Solo. And Let's hear your reasons why. Like, that's the important part here. You got one? You got a hot take on that?
2: Oh Gosh, that's hard. That's hard. They're both charming fellas. Um, I think I'm more of an indie guy than, than, a, than, a, than a Han guy. I don't know, because he's just grounded in reality. He's got the smarts, you know. He's got his uh, flaws. He's got his weaknesses. He's scared of snakes. I like that. My mom was always scared of snakes. Han just is a little too cocksure. It doesn't seem like he's scared of much of anything. He brings that BDE. He totally does. That HSE.
3: Uh, Kristen Bitsa guy says they're both such iconic characters. And the fact that Han Solo shines as brightly as Indiana Jones without actually being the main character says how freaking awesome Han is. Fair point.
2: I agree. I mean, I, I, like I said, it's hard for me. I like both characters quite a lot.
3: Uh, Angelica Singer says Indiana Jones. He was on my wall as a young girl. Made me want to be an archaeologist based solely on his adventures and courageous expeditions. I'm no archaeologist by any means, but adventurer, yes. Mm-hmm. Han is seriously rad, and this is a tough question, but Indiana inspired me as a timid middle school girl, and that made him a big deal to me. Great answer.
2: I'm with that. Yeah. I I, I once, too, was a timid middle school girl.
3: Uh, Andrew, Andrew Anderson says, My God, Chuck, you're ruining my evening with this dilemma. I would take Han Solo six days a week, but that seventh day of junior... Would be magical. Uh, This is making my head hurt.
2: (laughs) Fascinating.
3: It is a tough question. Uh, Justin Ritter says, Han is kind of an ass. Indy all the way. He's a professor, smart, athletic, good looking.
2: Boom. Boom. We're on the same page. And again, I think the flaws are important. The, The fear of snakes, the not wanting to use a gun. You know what I mean? Han just shot that Greedo fellow dead. You know, I mean, come on. Well, He's a bit i bit mean, a, a psychopath.
3: Indy shot that swordsman dead.
2: Yeah, but that guy was like a weird, you know, <laughs> sword ninja. He had it coming.
3: <laughs> uh, Brian Ridge says, "I'm going. Uh, I'm going to go with Han Solo. Both are awesome, iconic characters. Han was first, so that helps. After doing the math, Indiana's love life is a bit problematic as well. Sure,
2: I'm confusing Indiana Jones with MacGyver. Indy was fine with using a gun. He preferred the whip, but he would use the gun if he needed to, as case in point with that scene you mentioned.
3: Does MacGyver not use a gun?
2: Mac- MacGyver hates guns. He only likes to, you know, make gadgets.
3: You know something I never saw? MacGyver. What's that?
2: Yeah, it was fine. It was one of those. It, was, it came out right around the same time as Quantum Leap. And I watched both of those shows when I was a kid. I liked them quite a lot.
3: My brother worked on Quantum Leap
2: for a season. Is that right? Yeah. I, I thought that was a really clever show. Yeah, big, big fan i never saw it he's always waiting for the leap home he hopes the next leap will be the leap home chuck is that the deal then, that's the deal and then well, it's like it's like a it's it's really shoddy technology because it shoots him around all these places where he's inhabiting these people and like making like setting wrong right writing wrongs but he doesn't know where he's gonna go uh what's his name um that actor scott uh oh shit scott Bakula. In, No, 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 that's Scott Scott Bakula, but also Dean Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell, Stockwell, who plays uh, Al, who's his like little liaison from the future, who's using this graphing calculator thing named Ziggy that's always fucking up, and he has to hit it and makes little bleeps and bloops. Like he's a very imprecise guide. Ziggy gives very shoddy information. Mm -hmm. The technology of the future of this world is is very flawed. I would argue, but it it makes for a fun show. Makes for a fun show.
3: Uh, Emily Newton says, Han Solo, not a womanizer, not intimidated by being with a woman of Leah's prowess, does his thing unapologetically, loyal to those he loves. Uh, Indy, as much as I lerve him, is pretty much in it for Indy. Boy, I don't. That's a hot take. Some might say that's reversed. No. And that Han is in it for
2: Han. Yeah, but he says sort of softens, though. You yeah, know? that's true. That's sort of the point that, that that maybe if there is anything that like makes his character uh, attractive is that he redeems himself and becomes less of a self-serving ass and starts to kind of be a team player and see the big picture. Greta. And he's in it for treasure.
3: Mm, true. And fame. Yeah. Notoriety. Uh, Greta Mansfield says, or Mansfeld, excuse me, Greta, one of our old friends says Indiana Jones any day. Han Solo seems curmudgeonly, uh, as both a young and old person. Fair enough. Uh, David Potts says, Han Solo because of Empire Strikes Back, that movie's a deeper part of me than any of those Indiana Jones movies. All right. Jimmy Doll, one of our old friends, says, Indiana Jones all day. Smart as hell, resourceful, and good with the ladies.
2: Exactly. He's a bit of a Lothario type, is not you say?
3: Well, I mean, Indi- it was just... Uh, Karen Allen, and she was an yeah. underage girl that he may oh. have, you know, had improper.
2: Groomed? There was some grooming?
3: I mean, you know, it's it's all... It, someone did the math at some point on the internet, and there are the scenes where she says, you know, I was a child. And he goes, you knew what you were doing. And I'm like, ooh. Oh. You, you don't need to say that.
2: Is Indiana <laughs> Jones canceled, Chuck?
3: He's not canceled, but uh, there was... Uh, I think they produced... Some original meeting notes from Lucas and Spielberg, and uh, and uh, what's his face? The writer. <laughs> it's totally escaping me. You
2: don't think about the writer for Indiana Jones. Legendary really. writer of Empire Strikes oh, oh, Back. Because oh, oh, uh, uh, Kazal. God, God just
3: brain dead, Noel.
2: That's okay. What's his name? Empire. People are yelling.
3: Uh, but they produce these notes, and Lucas was uh we talked a bit about this on the raiders episode with hal loveland but lucas said was like you know what if she was like 15 or 13 he's like that would be a wild idea and spielberg was like uh maybe she should have been older than that um and granted it was a long time ago setting wise it was in the 19 i guess 30s but still you know
2: yeah so crazy on, on the IMDb page for Empire, it doesn't even have a writer listed, it just has story by George Lucas. Lawrence oh, Cat, pl- Lawrence Cat. I said Kazaa, I said Kazaa, it's, it's a car sound. <laughs> Boy, I, I had about? the right idea. Oh, Chuck, I got a dish on something really quick, and now I'm like, I can't give too many details about specifics, but Ooh. I had a call with a legendary music supervisor, like, probably the only one who people even know his name.
3: Well, Can I guess, or or can can you you not say it on the air?
2: No, you you can guess.
3: It was probably Randall Poster. Sure was. Well, I just had his sister on Movie Crush.
2: Is that right?
3: Yeah. Meryl was on two weeks ago, because she does Call Your Grandmother with us.
2: I wish I would have known that. I would have uh, brought that up on the call. I don't think he was aware of that. (laughs) Yeah, she
3: does a podcast with us called Call Your Grandmother, which is great. She came on, and offline, she was like, you know, I should get hook you up with my brother randall he'd be a great guest and i went yeah can you
2: <laughs> well he would be and you should and uh that's all i can say um really cool again legendary dude and like those soundtracks and the the way he curates music is was so meaningful to me in my life like uh the royal tenenbaum soundtrack and rushmore of course turned me on to like old kinks and not old old kinks like you know these old kinks no the old music of the early kinks and uh (laughs) you you mean old
3: kinks like showing your ankle
2: (laughs) exactly yes sir a little thigh uh and uh you know like she's like a rainbow rolling stone like i didn't know that era of rolling stones yeah um the the live version of a quick one while he's away by uh, who absolute barn burner um but anyway that was kind of neat i got to fanboy out for a second
3: that's super cool, Noel. And I definitely want to get him on because I love the idea. Merrill was able to speak to producing um, as a job, which was really insightful. And I want to get more people like that. A friend of mine here is, uh, knows a, an AD working. At, I'm not sure what he's working on right now here in Atlanta, but he was uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's AD on Magnolia and Boogie Nights and Punch Drunk Love. And uh, I'm going to try and get him on. Uh, because that's insight from another crew member. I think I'd I'd love to have Randall Poster on. I think it's cool to get these people to come on and speak to their jobs in the industry, because uh, that's kind of a, like a double a double whammy. Not only get, yeah. do we get to talk about a movie, but the Crushers and and myself get to learn about these cool jobs.
2: It's absolutely true, and you always do such a good job of doing those little, well, we I, I don't know. It's like, I guess I mean, there's only there's a finite number of those segments, but we used to do those. Uh, uh, kind grip of This? Grip This, that's yeah. the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll get back to doing that one day. I've been lazy lately, Noel. Very lazy. I don't think that's true, Chuck. Maybe in one department, but that just means that you're doing 50 other things in 50 other departments.
3: (laughs) Uh, All right, let's get back to Indiana Jones v. Han Solo. Austin Handler, one of our old pals, says, uh, that's like asking me who my favorite son is. Having said that, it's got to be Han Solo. Indy is a grave robber and culture plunderer (laughs) who keeps robbing and plundering. Han may have been a spice runner, Uh, But at least he gave all that up and joined the rebellion to fight for something bigger than himself.
2: I have to say when he said, it's like picking my favorite son, but having said that it's definitely Steve. He's the, he's the the far superior son. Um, I'm kidding. I don't know what your son's names are. No, we're, but I think we're on the same page. Like Indy was a plunderer. He was in it for these relics, not, and he just happened to cross paths with these life changing or world changing events, but it was all in the service of, of his plunder.
3: Yeah, I mean, he wanted things to end up in museums, but I think he was selling the shit, wasn't he? Kinda. Yeah. Did you know that he lived in New Jersey? Isn't that funny to think about?
2: You mean the character or, or the, the character. actor? Oh, he lived in New Jersey.
3: Okay. Yeah, because rewatching Raiders for the show, and uh, Hal and I talked about this on the app, It showed you know there's that one scene where he's packing in his house to go on his on his first big adventure to get the ark, and I was like. It's just so funny to think about Indiana Jones's house. Like he seems like that's the only time you ever see his home, I believe, and it's in New Jersey. He lives in New Jersey.
2: It's so funny. Uh, yeah, I would. I would. I don't think of New Jersey as being a particularly collegiate city.
3: Uh, well, state. Princeton is there.
2: Princeton is there. Is that where is he, where is he meant to teach? Is I think. I think discussed? it's a
3: made up college, if I remember correctly, because okay. I looked into it. Uh, Indiana Jones's college. Is not real, I don't believe. But I think it was sort of modeled on Princeton. Uh, and then, of course, the big state school Is Rutgers.
2: Rutgers. Tony Soprano did one semester at Rutgers and then <laughs> he dropped out.
3: <laughs> I hung out when, when I lived in New Jersey. I went to Rutgers and hung out at the bars there a couple of times. Did you hang out in the quad? No, I hung out in the bars. <laughs> okay. It was uh, all right. I went to Princeton too. Uh, Princeton is a lovely town.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Harvard is really nice. You, and they've got all these yards where you can park your car.
3: Harvard was uh, weird to me because it's it's not what I expected. I know, like once you probably get onto the campus, but it seemed like it was like kind of just surrounded. And I guess I was used to college towns where sort of the university is the main thing, right? And Harvard's right there in Boston, and it's mm-hmm. sort of surrounded by Boston.
2: Totally, you you cut through it as a shortcut. <laughs> Like to get where you're going. Harvard Square. Harvard Square. It's really nice. I love Boston. I can't wait to get back there.
0: If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously, it's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. Those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
1: You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites, or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
0: This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee, sounds perfect.
2: Oh, really quick uh, uh, pandemic update. I know you said you are fully vaxxed. I got my first shot. Um, I have a, a trip booked. Oh, yeah. Uh, with my daughter, it kind of came up really quickly. There's this um, Minecraft exhibit at the uh, Museum of Pop Culture in Seattle. Oh, yeah. And I ironically, ir- you've been. Okay, great. Oh, yeah. I- ironically, the maybe not ironically. I always misuse that word, as does Alanis said. But uh, the last trip that I had on the books before the pandemic was to Seattle. And I'd never been. And I was excited to go. And it got canceled. And now I'm taking Eden to Seattle to go to this thing. And we're going to stay for three or four days and go to um, the Twin Peaks waterfall and do some yeah. like, outdoorsy stuff, and you know, do the uh, the touristy stuff. But I'm really excited to have a actual facts trip on the books.
3: That's great, man. Uh, Seattle is one of my favorite places. Uh, I'll I'll talk to you offline about it. There's some wonderful things to do, and Beautiful. that museum is certainly one of them. I've been, the, I think, two or three times. You'll you'll love it. It's got uh, a great. Uh, well, I mean, it's got great temporary exhibits, obviously, like that one, but the permanent collection there is awesome because it's, you know, it's Seattle. It's Hendrix and Grunge, and, you know, they have fucking Kurt Cobain's guitar right there and uh, original oh. lyrics to Nirvana songs on scratch-down paper. And
2: Well, trust me, I am very excited. It was, she was originally yeah. trying... To get her friends to be able to come to. It didn't work out. I'm not mad about it. I'm kind of looking forward to just having a me and like daddy daughter cool getaway weekend. I'm going to get us like an Airbnb like somewhere in the city and then also maybe rent a car and go out into more of the outdoorsy stuff. So, yeah, I'd love to talk to you about some suggestions.
3: It's great. Uh, I went to the museum to see the Marvel exhibit when they did that. And I went when uh, they did the Star Wars costume exhibit and they were both fantastic.
2: Nice.
3: Highly recommend. Lots of, lots of cool stuff. Uh, Let me see here. Jay Frazier says Han Solo because he can be the good guy and shoot first. Uh, And let's finish this off with Mike Snelling Jr. Indiana Jones because gasp. I kind of strongly dislike Star Wars. Indiana Jones is just a much more entertaining, campy romp through cinematic history. Also, it's nice to see an academic as a lead who still had swagger and could throw down when needed He wasn't an action hero. He was more of an everyman kind of character.
2: All right. I agree. I agree. So, Nolan... I'm sorry, really quick. I have to posit this. What about Han Solo versus Indiana Jones? Oh, like in a fight? Like Alien versus Predator, the movie. You know what I mean? How, How do we play that? Who wins in that fight? It's interesting. I feel like
3: we didn't see Han Solo fist fight ever wow. there are no fist fights in any Star I, don't, Wars I don't
2: think we should allow him to use his blaster that seems unfair no, nor should not. we allow han nor, nor should we allow indy to use his luger or whatever the fuck um it should be whip versus hand-to-hand combat to the death indiana jones had a revolver my friend yeah, whatever. He not was,
3: a German Luger.
2: <laughs> Sorry. He defeated the
3: Nazis, Noel. He
2: did, he did, but I thought maybe maybe he picked it up from one of them. They dropped it and he used it. I, know, I think them. if
3: we're talking hand to hand combat, then Indiana Jones kicks Han Solo's ass because I, I believe think, so too. I think Han Solo avoids fist fights.
2: He's also leaning on like future tech that Indy has not had access to and has therefore probably gotten a little soft.
3: Yeah, and I think he's more of a talk your way out of a fight kind of character. Whereas Indiana Jones is punch first, ask questions later. Totally, that's fight scene in uh, Raiders with the uh, the bald Nazi with the plane.
2: Right, 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 right. God,
3: it's so good.
2: He he punches him into the rotors, right, or into the propeller.
3: Well, did not punch him into him. He uh, he sees them coming behind him and and uh, sort of feigns like he's giving up to allow the propeller to chop him up. Very Got gruesome. It. All right, Noel, this is a little bit of a shorter one, but um that's all we got. I thought the Werner Herzog right. thing might play out a little bit longer, but there is a limit. It turns There's out a
2: limit. like <laughs> I said, I mean I, I it's hard to keep that accent going. I've tried to do it for more extended periods of time and I start to lose it. Weirdly, I start to, it starts to morph into Woody Allen on the tail end. I don't, yeah, I don't know I don't
3: know why. It's a very weird thing to happen. I don't know why. Yeah. And you don't want to do that these days.
2: Definitely don't want to do that these days. Have you seen that that Fair, Mia Farrow documentary? Guy? I
3: haven't. Yeah. I don't need to. I, yeah, I, I, I get it
2: yeah i get
3: it it's too. you know it's all uh yeah I, I don't need to just that would be like a rage watch type of situation yeah and i need, I need less anger in my <laughs> life
2: exactly. yeah no no need all right man well always a pleasure my friend
3: all right well thanks everyone and uh we'll see you next monday
0: Movie
1: Crash is produced and written by Charles Bryant and Noel Brown, edited and engineered by Seth Nicholas Johnson, and scored by Noel Brown here in our home studio at Poncity Market, Atlanta,
0: Georgia, for iHeartRadio.
2: For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride with some elbow Grease